3: Hey, White Sox fans, Brett Valentini here. It's podcast number 120. I think it is. At some point, I'm going to stop naming them. And I'm going to just come up with a different number each time. This is welcome to podcast number 65. I'm Brett Valentini. I am here uh, we are at the tail end, we are at the hind end of the Cleveland series, which was pitched in a podcast as recently as the rumored 119 as the White Sox opening of the playoffs, their uh, series of the season, uh, time to turn things around. I do not want to uh, cluck and proclaim myself the expert, but as of last podcast, I was the only one on the panel who said the White Sox would not win. This Cleveland series. Of course, I said they'd win one game of the Cleveland series. And as we're recording, (laughs) who's to say if even optimistic, sunny Brett Valentini will be correct on that one? Okay, well, uh, whatever funeral dirge is playing in the background that I've decided to lay in here, I'll fade that down and let's talk about the Chicago White Sox. Oh, my goodness, you want to talk about some combat duty? Allie Wessel, Joe Rhesus, Melissa sage Bollenbach, and Dante Jones, showing off the new haircut, is with us to talk about the White Sox. I don't even know what to say. So, hey, let's talk about the White Sox. Um, Let's start with the Cleveland series. Uh, Of course, series of the season. White Sox showed up sort of for game one. Extra innings, that's a show up. All right, I'll give them credit for that didn't work out. Game two did not show up. Game three dot dot dot. Um, before we get to a broader look at the season itself or whatever other things we want to do and however many expletives are going to be shouted, let's just focus on this Cleveland series and whether or not this team still managed to surprise you, no matter how modest. Your expectations were going in. I'm gonna take in an order on my screen. So guess what? That means Allie Wessel, hopefully dry, hopefully dry. Hopefully the ceiling is all dry. Uh, you are gonna let me know first. Did the White Sox disappoint you or how much did the White Sox disappoint you this week?
4: Yeah. Um, they <laughs> took all of the wind from my sails this week. I I have no words. Actually, I have a lot of words, but <laughs> Yesterday, after the extra innings loss, I was like, okay, maybe we could salvage two of three. And so I turned the game on yesterday, and Yohan Mankata ran up to a ball really lazily in the first inning and didn't get a runner out at first, and then failed to make a double play. And then I turned the game off, because just, I don't know if... Game one knocked everything out of them and they were just, if we're not going to win that game, we're just not going to do it. I have no idea, but I was just embarrassed to be watching them. And so I have not watched a second of Sox baseball because I needed a break and it looks like they decided to shit the bed along with the rest of the fandom. So,
3: yeah, this is very true. Um Joe Reesus had said long ago that he would not give up until the White Sox were eight games out. He has pointed out to me, yeah, there are hardly eight games left in the season, dummy. So yeah, okay, I can give up earlier than eight games out. So cool. And thanks for not actually calling me a dummy. You can think it. It's all right, Joe. Um, but yeah, Joe... um Uh, Talk to me. I believe you proclaimed this would be a two-win series, and right now, as we're recording, it appears that it's getting really close to a zero-win series. Uh, So, did they manage to even somehow sneak under your lowered expectations for them this week?
5: Yeah, they they absolutely (laughs) disappointed me. Um, Yeah, I I thought in in true twenty twenty two White Sox fashion, they just keep a little bit of hope alive, even though even if it had won two out of three in this series, it would have been you know. I guess a little bit of a moral victory compared to whatever has gone on in this series. Um, but, and while they would still have a tiny chance of making the playoffs with two out of three wins, like they really, really did come into this series needing a sweep to really have a serious chance of, of winning the division. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you're in the middle of your window, you just cannot have performances like this down the stretch. And ideally, you shouldn't even be in a position where, you know, a series this late in the season would would matter to, mm-hmm. to this extent, where you would find yourself in a position where you would need a sweep of a division rival. Um, but that is the position that they were in. And they were very clearly not up to the task. And yeah, they, it was absolutely a very disappointing series. And uh, dare I say, like, I don't know, it, for a completely different set of reasoning, but I think this rivals, like, the 2016 series in Kansas City in terms of, like, just how embarrassing it was um and how memorable I think it's going to be for years to come.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Joe talking about a sweep. Joe, I got to tell you, I got to break the news to you. The White Sox got their sweep. He just didn't do it right. <laughs> they just didn't do it right. Okay, uh, Melissa, uh, moving on to you. Uh <laughs> I just laid on me. Uh, did they manage to somehow um, evade expectations even for you this week?
2: I had them, um, I said, to I, going against my whole glass half empty thing. I had them <laughs> winning at least two. I thought they would come out guns a blazing in that first game, yeah. which to some degree they did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really felt they were going to take that first game and then Keep on giving us a little bit glimmer hope when in the mm-hmm. second game with the with the mojo from the first game and then blow the last game is mm-hmm. kind of how I thought it was going to go. Um, so, yeah, so they did disappoint me because they uh, every time you think you have them figured out one way or the other, like they just do something completely unexpected I like expected unexpected Mm -hmm. like they are they they I guess they showed up to be who we did think they were going to be um the you know the last 10 days or two weeks under different leadership I think we saw a little bit of something different that we were kind of all clinging on to like maybe they can be what we think what we know they can be and we're holding on to that and had a little bit of that optimism going into the series. But then at the end of the day, they showed us who they've been, you know, so it shouldn't yeah. really be a surprise because it was not good bullpen. It was not good defense. It was just, it is what it is.
3: Yeah. Uh Dante going back to even spring training, it seemed like, okay, not that far back because we all had open spring training and they were still supposed to be a 95 win team back in spring training, but pretty early on this season, uh, your attitude was like, yeah, even to make to the playoffs, they're just going to get embarrassed. So, you know, whatever. Uh, so I imagine that lowers the expectations to a degree. I know this is like a, a total sucker question because, of course, they evaded our expectations. They're about to get swept in this <laughs> series of the season. But <laughs> did they
1: roll over in a way that even, uh, even surprised you? Um, after the fight they showed in game one, I was actually a little shocked with game two yeah. being dread, so dreadful. Yeah. I was just, watching it, like checking the scores while I'm doing things at work. And I'm like, all right, it's four. it was for the whatever." I'm just like, yeah, I'm not, t- I'm done with this. I can stop. Like I tweeted on, <laughs> I want to say either Tuesday night or yesterday, after yesterday night, last night, whatever, that I can stop caring about the White Sox for the rest of the season. And um, as my Twitter profile now says, can be a temporary Mets fan. <laughs> So that's nice. Yeah, you got. Yeah, you gotta um, listen. We're fighting I'm, for oxygen. Exactly. I'm wearing black right now because we are currently at the White Sox funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, don't take too many of the food. Too much of food afterwards. <laughs> you know all that good stuff. But <laughs> don't worry, ESPN didn't provide that much. But yeah, okay. Yeah, we are just. <laughs> it's done. And I, long time ago learned. Sometimes you hate being right. And I hate being right about the fact that they were done in June. Like my first podcast on here, I was just like, I don't know how much I trust them to do anything. And they definitely showed me they can't do anything. On that point,
3: Dante, um, a year ago, we were excitedly talking up the fact that the White Sox were on their way to the playoffs and that the I don't think they had declared it quite yet maybe this time last year, but it was soon to be declared blackout game. They're going to blackout for the playoffs. A thrill for folks who in 2008, maybe didn't get to experience it or only heard the legends or whatever, like by old idiots like me, but uh, speaking to your fashion choice, I have found that the blackout towel. Yes. A 2008 blackout towel still used in the Valentini household kitchen can actually be fashioned nicely as, as you know, has armband. So I'm not wearing it now. That's laying it on a little too thick, but um it, it is armband uh ready for morning. Um, Joe, I see that you are staying, you know, for those of you who don't watch the podcast, you're missing all of this great stuff. This is some juicy content. Joe, I see you are still keeping the faith. I have moved on slightly to black. I don't really care about the the bull season either, but I'm just I gotta wear something else. I cannot, I cannot wear white socks. So Joe. Bless you for keeping the faith, uh, even though you're angry and want to kick the White Sox right now. Um, Let me go around. Uh, We can talk a little bit about the 2022 season and how it's disappointed. But I'm curious specifically if this season, the way it seems to be heading, let's say the White Sox finish a couple, three games better than 500, okay? (laughs) Which is a stretch. Right now we're fighting for 500 at this point. That's the new fight not playoffs, is this the worst case scenario for this season? That's the specific hook on this question. Dante, I'm going to go right back to you. Uh, What are you thinking? Um, Going back, honestly, to what you thought, let's say spring training, uh, is this really as bad as it could have gotten?
1: Yeah, this is about why, like, like you said, beginning of the season, we're thinking 93 to 95 wins, you know first place, all that easy stuff, easiest division in baseball, all that Mm -hmm. good stuff. And I was like, my worst case scenario was better than this, honestly. I was like, (laughs) F F worse, 85 wins compared to a fun team, win a weak division, all good. Yeah. If they was to finish over 500, (laughs) I would be disappointed in a different way of I've been preaching it for like a month now. Get the draft pick. Mm -hmm. Whatever it takes. You screw that up when you then um, Alpha wasn't it, Rodana qualifying last year. Just go ahead and tank for a better draft pick this year <laughs> instead. Uh, um all right.
3: Um uh, Melissa, um <laughs> Okay, we have one affirmative. Um or no, actually one negative. Worse than worst case scenario there's actually a, a more bottom bottom than we thought possible. Uh how about for you?
2: I I think this is this is bad because I I have this gut feeling that we're going to roll the same team out next year oh, yeah. because we're going to say... Well, you know, with all the injuries and all the up and down, and we lose our manager and all this chaos that we've had all year, we still managed 500. Mm-hmm. So can you imagine if we're healthy out of the get-go and, you know, maybe one or two of our prospects are ready to go and come up and help this team that we're, we're, we were not bad enough mm-hmm. to really shake things up. And so to me, this is the worst case scenario because I, I truly believe they're going to look at this team and think, well, you know, we're just decimated by injuries. And once we get everybody healthy, um, if we could do 500 with everything that we dealt with, we're, we're really going <laughs> to, you know, and so to me, that that's kind oh, of yeah. how I see it as a oh, worst yeah. case scenario.
3: Oh yeah. So it actually, the worst case gets worse. Oh God, Melissa, that's absolutely going to happen. And we'll have all off season to discuss that and we'll see the, 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 the car crashed coming from months away uh but yet we'll still have to somehow try to drive past or through it okay joe um worst case scenario better than worst case scenario worse than worst case scenario
5: i, I think it was pretty close to what i what we could have reasonably foreseen as the worst case scenario um like i think if we had a way of you know simulating the season a million times i'm sure a, a few you know simulations they'd end up with a worse record than what they're going to finish with this year I mean if you play it out enough times you know you're bound to get you know a few outliers where you know just literally everything that can go wrong does go wrong and they didn't quite have it that bad but yeah I think um, as far as like you know it's reasonable to predict you know here's how it would look you know at a 10th percentile outcome and here's how it would look at a 90th percentile outcome. I'm pretty sure this one would be worse than the 10th percentile outcome. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, like at the heading into the season, I had him pegged as a 91 win team and that was, um, pretty close to in line with where most of the national writers had predicted and, you know, slightly lower than the majority of our staff. Mm -hmm. Um, but um so it wasn't like some outrageously high prediction and yet it was even it would have been even difficult for for me to see um, this season playing out as, as poorly as it did.
3: I felt so bad last year, Joe being the only one of 15 people predicting the White Sox um, to not make the playoffs. And yet still I I didn't overcorrect and I stuck with it and I still was the low person in predicting wins. I'm not sure even if anyone tied me. Um, and even then I believe I said, 90, Joe, nobody predicted less than 90 wins. And at, at this point, 80 wins is not a guarantee for this team. All right. Fairly, fairly safely in the bag, but, uh, uh, uh reprehensible. Okay. Um, Ali, you made your feelings clear. The mental break necessary that is still extending even to now. Although, of course, you're now on a podcast uh, with me and uh, all of our lovely guests um, discussing the White Sox. It's different. Um, but uh, same old question. Um, uh, just h- how close did this come to the worst case scenario for you?
4: Yeah, I mean, I said it yesterday morning. Like, I really bought into this season. I really, I really bought into what I was being sold as. Like, this is going to be a contending team. So, for me personally, yeah, I think this is worse than the worst case scenario. Like, I think. You know, worst case scenario for me was returning to the ALDS and losing and bowing out round one again. Um, I also think this is worst case scenario as well, just because looking forward, like Kansas City isn't getting any worse. Cleveland's like the youngest team in baseball. They're only going to continue to get better. Like this division isn't going to get any worse than it is now. It's only going to get better. And we are not equipped to continue to get better with it.
3: Mm hmm. You are reading my mind, Allie, because that is something we are going to be discussing here in a second. But you know what? We're going to take a break first. And listen, if this hasn't run all the White Sox love out of this podcast, listen, we're all here with you. Everybody's disappointed. I know you listening are disappointed. So come on. It's like family. You know, come on back for, you know, 15, 20 more minutes uh, second half of this podcast, which is going to continue to commiserate. Sure, we'll share the food. Nobody's going to take a whole bunch of, you know, more than their share, okay? It's cool. Um, thanks, for stick, thanks for being with us for first half. Stick with us for second half. Uh, it begins in a minute.
0: Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to bluenile.com. That's bluenile.com.
3: White Sox fans, this I promise you is podcast number 120. I finally got it right. I'm not the strongest math guy, but I think I can title them correctly now. Just got on a bad streak, sort of like the White Sox. So sue me. Come on, listen. You're getting your subscriptions value. You, no, no complaints. All right, listen. We've talked about the White Sox and how disappoint variations on how disappointing they are. But let's jump into what uh, Allie dared scratch the surface on, and that is, <laughs> of course, this year we were just supposed to walk in to uh, uh, to the uh, empty French uh, fresh, fresh Prince room and just have the division. Handed to us didn't happen. There's a temptation to say that next year we just show up full health because somehow now the training staff will change or the players will all get stronger and not be injury prone at all and just sort of cakewalk, no matter what Cleveland did this year, no matter what they do in the playoffs, and cakewalk to a division. And let's forget just about Cleveland. We know Cleveland is a formidable opponent. We knew they were going to be in the mix no matter what. I think people were angling them towards maybe a 500 team, not what they are, but okay. Kansas City better, plus they already got our number. I think Allie already pointed that out. Detroit can't be worse. Okay, maybe they're not exactly the threat we thought we'd, they would even be this year. Maybe next year they still aren't, but they're not going to be any, uh, uh, any easier. Minnesota, who knows what they're doing? Who cares? But, I mean, all right, they're going to just play spoiler if nothing else. <laughs> the White Sox have no real room to get measurably better. It's not going to be in the budget. The budget's going to shrink. It's not going to increase. Trades? Well, they got to trade. Andrew Vaughn? If there's an awesome trade for maybe a frontline starter or something, maybe you trade Andrew Vaughn. That still sort of hurts your team. You're dealing from your major league roster. Those t- trades can only be s- uh, so much of a plus. Not to compare the AJ Pollock for Craig Kimball to that, but I mean, even if AJ Pollock was what we hoped AJ Pollock could be, well, you're still you're still giving up some bullpen depth to, to get it. Uh, going forward, <laughs> this is not going to be easy. Um, Anyone, uh, you know, Ali, I guess you've given us some thoughts already, but I mean, uh, uh, you might want to um, uh, further those thoughts on 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 what you foresee the challenge being next year for the White Sox is by no means, I mean, the year for this to be handed to the White Sox was this year, of course, it was never gonna be handed for it to be easy. That was this year. And we didn't, we're falling very short of that. Um, what do you envision next year? Um, because this is a dogfight. There is no guarantee the White Sox are even going to be in it as long as they were this year, next year.
2: Look at us all jumping in there. Yeah, I said it so well. <laughs> um, I don't... Is it possible? I honestly think we're going to be worse next year. Like, I... Uh-huh. It, Who knows what's going on with our whole coaching situation. That's all up in the air. Um, We still with not going to spend any money to fill any significant holes, most likely, you know, getting some outfielders who actually can play the outfield. So we're we're basically, I feel like going to roll out with the same cast of characters and they don't have it. Whatever, however you define that, what it is, they, they, they seem to have in 2020 when they started kind of coming out, opening the window a little earlier than we all thought. And, mm-hmm. and the team was fun and they had that it factor and they were exciting. And like, as, as a fan, you were pulling for them. This year, I feel like we weren't like, we were so frustrated that it was hard to pull for them. And if we roll out the same bit, cast of mm. characters we're still kind of angry and frustrated mm-hmm. and the players haven't it, nothing with them has changed so I, it, without significant change I see us being worse
3: um not to color anyone's answer to come but let's just snapshot it to next year our two biggest surprises are two definite positive war guys are not going to be back with the team Elvis Andrus is not going to be back with the team Johnny Coedo is not going to be back with the team it's not impossible it's un- extremely unlikely uh so you got Dylan cease. As you're, I mean, the rotation is potentially the strong point of this team. Dylan Cease is back. Awesome. Then what else? Lance Lynn. Do you get Lance Lynn of August or do you get Lance Lynn of I hurt my knee and I'm not pitching half the season? Michael Kopech made it to 120-plus innings and then no more. And now people are already saying, hey, maybe he's better as a, a bullpen arm. Lucas Giolito. Davis Martin's your fifth starter right now. Um, by no means, I think you're exactly right. Melissa, um, this could be a step, this could be the beginning of the step back. The peak may have happened last year, uh, Joe Dante or Ali, uh, any other uh, thoughts on this, uh, throw them at me. Um, what do you see next year?
4: Yeah. Um, I'm really sick and tired of saying that I want a second baseman. I want corner. outfielders, <laughs> and I want more depth in the bullpen. I feel like I've been repeating this for the last three off seasons and I still feel like I'm not going to get delivered on it um I think there needs to be a decision made you know obviously Jose Abreu is entering free agency at the end of this season so um the decision needs to be made are we committing to Andrew Vaughn at first base are we committing to Gavin Sheets at first base and who are we willing to get rid of um I also think that Um, yeah, like you said, Elvis Andrews and Johnny Cueto, I think we, we captured a little bit of magic there. I don't think we're getting that back. Like whether we sign them back or not, I don't think we're getting them back. Okay. And the last thing I will say is I have a sneaking suspicion. Luis Robert is going to need wrist surgery in the off season because he's tried to push through this, Mm -hmm. whatever thing. And I think that's also going to put a kink in the plan. That's going to make the outfield. That's already terrible, even worse.
3: White Sox Baseball 2023, kink in the plan. There is your pocket schedule title. Nicely done, Alley. That's free, White Sox. You can have it. That's free. Um, Yeah, uh, I got news for you. No second baseman next year. No corner outfielder next year. That ain't happening. Oscar Colas is your corner outfielder next year. Doesn't matter what it is in spring training. He's your corner outfielder. And hopefully that's going to be a good thing and stuff, stuff for us to be excited about and talk about in a podcast, say, six months from now. Uh Joe uh Dante, um, feelings as you peer toward 2023?
1: Oh, man, this is not going to be fun. So, considering how this just went, gone, like, my feelings are we have to see if LaRusso's back, we have to see if Han's back, we have to see if Kenny Williams' contract finally runs out and he does the retirement thing. You got to see all that stuff. And also, like you said, Jose, who, like, every year quietly puts up a mm-hmm. extremely, like, at worst, the best First baseman in the AL season. And that might not be coming back. He is the most consistent bat and has been for the last eight years. Like, I've been of the opinion, like, it's time to get Vaughn into first base on a more permanent basis. But also, like, it's time to have Jose DH in that case because we need his, we need that bat in the middle of the lineup. We need him here. And also, at the end of the day, the, like, Gavin Sheets is the most expendable one of the trio. Or we can actually put him in left in right field because he seems to play it better than Vaughn does. So, but just, like, Tim Anderson's injury history isn't great. Davis Morton deserves to stay up, but <laughs> I don't know if he deserves to stay up as a White Sox or somewhere else. <laughs> because, oof. You're really selling 2023 on me, Dante. I'm they excited. They sell me on 2023. They already tried to sell me on 2022 <laughs> playoff tickets that don't exist because there is a no there is no playoffs. I looked at that and said, <laughs> no. am thinking are... about going. I'm thinking about trying to go to Milwaukee to watch a playoff game because it's not happening in Chicago. Probably not happening in Milwaukee either, but at least they have a shot.
3: They are not eliminated yet, Dante. I cannot believe you. Okay, Joe. Um, thoughts 2023. Mr. Optimism, we've just crushed your spirit this year, but watch you see sunlight where maybe some of us don't?
5: Um, I, I suppose if we get the version of Lucas Giolito that is yes. closer to the one season later, this dude's an all-star version as mm-hmm. opposed to the 2018 worst pitcher in baseball version, um, that, that could help. Um, I guess having a higher energy manager and <laughs> High high energy players who are talented like Tim Anderson and Eloy Jimenez not missing a ton of games. It's a very tall order, especially with Jimenez to not have him missing time. But there's there's some potential there, I suppose. But I don't know. I I, I think I I think there'll be roughly 500 again next year. I mean I, I don't I I think there's too much talent for them to completely um just you know crap their pants and and just have it be you know. It, where a situation where they're tanking in September to, and then hoping for a a really good, you know, college bat or something like that. So I I don't think it's realistic for them to be in that situation, but it's hard to see them really making a big step forward though, either. And, you know, the, the front office, like you said, they don't have any clear options with most likely a payroll that's going to be slashed. But I mean, they, they put themselves in this position and, um, you know, it's not, not looking too, too good right now.
3: Rebuild, uh, 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 60 wins, 70 wins, 80 wins, 90 wins. You want to sort of be able to jump. If you're really doing it right and, and you're getting a little lucky, you're going to jump maybe close to that, that, um, Tim and last year, the White Sox were actually a little ahead of pace. You were going happy for them just to get in 90 wins, 93 wins. And for all season, they were, they were pointed toward more than that. And to take the step back into now for, for, for even Joe to be saying, you know, five, I think he's a 500 team. Man. Uh, okay. Spins right into a question we may sort of end on. I am going to cite as still the most dis so I did a I did a feature on this a couple of weeks ago. At a time when the White Sox are getting hot, it sort of seemed silly I was doing it because it's like, is this White Sox team as disappointing as there's ever been? Let's look at it statistically. And they weren't. Uh, they were gonna have to finish really terribly for them really to qualify over 120 years of White Sox baseball as one of the top 10 most disappointing teams. And one that ranked high that still is in my lifetime, uh, and I would still say is is beyond belief, is a 1984 White Sox, who dropped 25 wins, went from winning a division by 20 games to not even being close the next year, absolute gutting season, of course, before. All but one of you were maybe even alive, but um, you know it is possible to be even more gutted by a team. That said, I've spoken with many of you about this before. You start covering a team, you get close to the team, you end up having a different reaction response to the team. And I'm talking about me having been on the beat and and, and all that stuff. And and the dis- the lows are, aren't as low. You, you end up relating to the team differently uh, as a fan. But that said, I have found myself personally. It's, I, it's still sinking in that this is done. All season, I've been pretty cynical about the team, especially with the way they played. Easy to be cynical because it's like, they haven't shown us anything. Uh, so it's sort of easy to say, well, I don't really expect this is going to be a cakewalk to the division. But even that said, now for five months, sort of expecting this sort of weird kind of fight for 500 or fight to get to a division win it's still sort of shocking to me that we really are talking about this team as failing and I'm pretty calloused and cynical. So I'm curious to know uh, how it's sinking in uh, for all of you, even, you know, Dante, I've been talking about this, you know, for a while. And let's go over the draft pick and stuff. It's still a little different when it like has really happened. So I'm curious to know from all of you just, Sort of what the feeling is. If it's still a little numb, no alleys, maybe a little pissed, uh, but I just sort of where you're at in the stages of grief. Where are you at with this White Sox team? Uh,
1: it, like like we said earlier, it's still disappointing. Like, even though, like, it sinks in and, you know, as people that cover the team, we have a little bit more of an understanding like, a little bit more of that type of stuff. But, like... Taking off the writer cap and putting on the fan cap, did not expect any of this to go this. Like I said, didn't expect it to go this badly. Like Melissa said, it could be worse. Like it could be worse in 2023. And this, like we said, it's supposed this is supposed to be the easy season. This is like the NBC sports graphic of, like you said, land of the world friends thing, just Ooh, that looks bad now. <laughs> The curse Man, of NBC Sports. Underperformed <laughs> everything yeah. that everyone expected. Gio was my favorite picture coming in. I still love Gio, but he I need to see a lot better from him next year for me to, think of, like, to even think about extending him. Luis Robert doesn't have a wrist, so that's mm. great for the person that I picked as AL MVP <laughs> this year. Yeah. Um, Tim Anderson, like I said, injury history isn't great. I'm wearing a Tim Anderson shirt now. Love mm-hmm. him, but like that he, he might be needed in a play second base in the near future if we could get a much better off, I mean, defensive glove at short. But all in all, disappointing season. It does suck that we are at the end. Like you said, like this past Tuesday was the gut punch because like they almost had me back in when Dylan Miller threw a no hitter. <laughs> almost. (laughs) And then they went and shot the bid. So that was great. Yeah, they did.
3: Uh, And you know, you don't think that the White Sox players actually would sort of emulate that graphic. Of course they're professionals. They don't do that, but you know, did they, and you, you just wonder how much of that might have crept in. Who knows Uh, you hear all this hype. You just never know. Uh, Allie, Melissa, Joe, uh, you know, where are you at in terms of your uh, stages of grief?
4: I think what makes this worse is the fact that it wasn't ever over until this week. Like I was strung along all season and, you know, obviously there were ebbs and flows of this sucks. Oh, we're, we're coming back. We're back. But like now that it's finally sinking in that it's over and like, we're done playing this game of, are we in, are we out? Um, I'm just, I'm disappointed is like not even the right word, but Like you look at this roster and you look at the team and there is so much talent and yet somehow some of the pieces were clicking at some points, but nothing was clicking at the same time. Mm. And it's just, again, like we were sold this message of it's going to work, it's going to work. And so when it doesn't and you actually have to sit with that, you're like, Oh God, I really fell for that.
3: Yeah, Melissa, Joe.
2: I think for me, Like the beginning of the season, when I'm told that April games don't count make I'm kind of like in denial, right? Okay, I'm in denial. (laughs) Like things are really not that bad. Like they're going to get better. And then as it kind of rolled on, then I started getting angry about how we can't put this together. And now I'm just sad. Yeah. That's where I am. I'm just sad because yeah. it's over. And uh, once it's over, it's over, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. get all the hype in and, and the last couple of years and the window and the rebuild and the, you know, number one prospect in all of baseball, you know, all this buildup. And now I'm just sad about it because... I don't have a whole lot of hope moving forward unless things are kind of imploded. Um, You know, there are some good things people have been saying tonight, you know, Dylan Cease and we, you know, we, we definitely had some light, but there's just a lot of dark and it kind of just makes
3: me sad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not less sad. I just, boy, there's just a weird numb. For me, it's, it's strange. It's like, wow! I re- I actually didn't think it was going to happen. I thought we were going to be doing this weird thing. It was like, ha Oh my god, they made the playoffs! And look, now they're making a little noise in the playoffs. I mean, I was silly enough to think, and I'm pretty grizzled. Okay, Joe, you get to bring this home. <sighs> Stages of grief or whatnot. Uh, you know, well, yeah, where are yeah, you Where are you feeling about the fact that yeah, this this ain't gonna happen?
5: Um, I'm. I feel like I'm close to the acceptance phase. I'm, <laughs> I think I'm I'm not quite there yet. I'm more in the bargaining phase. I think with. A little bit of like, oh, if only they get rid of Rick Hahn, <laughs> then maybe they could write the ship for 2023 now. Um, like, you know, and I mean, the thing is, like, it's re- there's really no excuse anymore for Hahn as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I, I was 100% behind him um, when the rebuild started. There's there no doubt in my mind, given the situation of their Major League roster and their farm system at that point, that rebuilding was the right solution and Rick Han, you know, led that. Um, And as much as I was behind him then, like it hasn't been successful despite the three years of essentially tanking um, and trading away all of their major league, their huge major league assets um, for future assets, you know, um, and to, to build up the farm system. And now, with the 2022 team, doesn't even have the excuse anymore of the low payroll, mm-hmm. um, which was just shy of 197 million. The Guardians are working with a 66 million payroll. <laughs> they made it work, and they didn't even have to. It's not like they traded Jose Ramirez and Shane Beaver yep. in 2019 to yep. build up their farm system. Like with it's the White right Sox, there. it really felt like mid, like early to mid 2020s, like that was their window. And even with a large payroll, Rick Hahn was unable to, to make that work, despite mm-hmm. giving up all of those major league assets. And, Careful. Uh, yeah.
3: Careful, Joe. You sound like somebody who's rooting for the rebuild to fail. Careful. You're on thin ice, buddy. You are on thin ice. Um, yeah, well, here, I got news for you, Joe. That bargaining stage is going to last all off season. We're going to be talking <laughs> about it on podcast. We're going to be bargaining all off season. And hopefully somehow, so White Sox, we know you're listening. Listen sure. to us and make things right come on it's real simple we're giving you the solution we already gave you your pocket schedule title that is Allie Wessel okay get it right just a little type it doesn't have a big type doesn't be Allie Wessel's 2023 White Sox just give her credit come on be cool uh, all right, I don't know when the next podcast is going to be. We were predicting them there for a while, but who knows? I guess there's days off, so we'll try to do them then. I don't know. This is something to talk about. But, you know, maybe we'll just continue our bargaining stage with all of you. Thank you for listening, reading, watching, participating as much as you can. know it's very hard uh, these days. That goes for our staff, but, of course, all you readers and listeners as well. Thank you. If, uh, without you, we, we have no purpose here. Dante, in morning, thank you for joining. Uh, Melissa, thank you for breaking away to go from one horror to our sort of pretend sports horror uh, joe as always thank you steady hand good luck with the bargaining i'm with you uh Allie, stay pissed you mental break however much you need you probably like doing something tomorrow so i guess the mental break doesn't last long but you know as long as you need it uh, take it everybody thanks for uh checking in with us once again we'll have more for you whether you like it or not